Thanks for listening to the Low Country Down Syndrome Society's podcast. This is where we speak to leaders in the Down Syndrome community. We're so thankful that you're here and support us. Please like and share. Hey, everybody. So excited that we can meet tonight. Hopefully, we're getting close to uh, doing in-person meetings so we don't have to do this over the internet anymore. But anyways, uh, we got a special night tonight. We're just so excited. We actually are involved and we're kind of helping out a group that is doing a very special project. And tonight, we have the person who is really kind of instrumental in getting this thing started and presenting the storytellers and showing off and elevating their profile, which is so important. You know, we've always in the group have uh, tried to give a voice to the voiceless and to allow uh, those who are seen as less than or marginalized, uh, give them a voice and show the importance of who they are and how they were designed and um, how we love them and elevate them. And uh, so Ms. Shannon Turner, I actually met Shannon. She was involved with a project called 6,000 Waiting, which talked about the comp waiver and people in Georgia that are waiting to get on the comp waiver. And she called me up uh, a little bit later and said that, you know, we're doing this project that we'd love for you guys to help out with. So um, I'm going to bring Miss Shannon in here. Hello, Miss Shannon. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Great to see you. Um, So Miss Shannon has a company called Story Muse. And uh, give me just a little bit of background of kind of what inspired you and uh, what you do as far as telling people's story and giving them a voice. And, um, you know, those that we don't normally hear about, you help to elevate their profile. Yeah. So, I mean, as a storyteller, I like to say that uh, you could start or end the story anywhere. So I could go as far back as my childhood and talk about my early days uh, and the inspirations that I had. But um, uh, really, Story Muse started a few years ago. Like many people talk about how our world is just becoming more and more fractured politically and how it's becoming harder and harder for us to hear each other across lines of difference. And I just one day kind of felt a wake up call. I felt like Um, storytelling had always been there in the background for me. And it was the one thing that I could do uh, to um, help people hear each other. Um, And so I I left my job uh, with $4,000 in the bank and six weeks notice, and I've never looked back. Um, And uh, so it's been uh, four and a half years now, and I've gone all over and I, I help people tell their stories for personal and professional community and organizational development. And I've worked with uh, girls who've been sex trafficked. I've worked with people who've been unhoused. Um, I've worked with lots of academics and real estate agents in between. And uh, it's really quite extraordinary. Um, I mean, I I say I've never looked back. Sometimes the times are pretty lean because we don't tend to support artists the way that we support real estate and real estate uh, agents and academics, but um, right. uh, it's still, it's, it's a labor of love and it's, it's really quite extraordinary to be able to do, to do this kind of work. 
That's awesome. So, so give me an idea. You know, I, we have a thing called Night of Champions that we do in Savannah here, mm-hmm. and uh, we bring out employers and employees. And uh, we've always said that the thing that is the secret sauce is when an employee gets up and he tells his story. Yes. And you know how he's been impact impacted by a job. Mm-hmm. and the friendships that he developed. And then the employer gets up and talks about, well, you know, this person has just made a change in our work environment. And people see not only this individual different, but people that work there differently. So it really, um, stories matter. Absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is that the shortest distance between two human hearts is a story. And I, I feel like uh, that's one of the, re- I mean, it's unfortunate that one of the things that happens in our world is that our stories are stolen away from us, capitalized and sold back piece by piece. And a lot of people will qu- be really quick means. to say, um, well, people tend to say like, oh, I'm not a good storyteller, but they'll be really also quick to sit down and watch a story from their own culture sold back to them through Netflix or Disney plus or any kind of thing. And this used to be like our oldest form of communication. Like everyone would sit down at the end of the day around the campfire and swap stories from their day or from their family. Like it was, was how we conveyed our values and lots of deep knowledge. And so it didn't used to be that anybody would be allowed to say, like, I can't tell a good story. It's something that's been educated out of us as so mm-hmm. many, so many things has have happened in our education system that we we've been uh, t- made to believe that we do not have the capacity to do something that is innate in us. Um, so I, I'm just kind of going around helping people reconnect with this thing that that is is a part of of who we are and and to understand that that their stories have great value excellent yeah you know um i've been to africa on mission trips and Mm -hmm. uh you know you hear things about history that you know how, how did how did that occur and it's just been generation after generation that has kept the truth of whatever that story was and you know here here it is you know 10 generations later Right. And you get that story and it's through storytelling. It's passing on that mm-hmm. truth. Um, and, and talk a little bit about, I know that you did some work at Virginia Tech um, after the tragedy there. And yeah. um, so the value of people having the ability to speak to either trauma in their lives or when they were marginalized mm-hmm. and tell me the value um, of, of that story. So I was at Virginia Tech when the shooting occurred. Um, I was finishing up my my MFA, and I actually lived there for about ten years total. Uh, I I think I was sort of uniquely positioned to lead a, an, an initiative that popped up after the shootings that was geared toward community dialogue and artistic response. And then, so I stayed on for a whole year doing that work, and was transitioning to Atlanta, where I live now. Um, and then uh, in 2016, the folks that I'd worked with came to me and said, we're starting to think about what's going to happen next year for the 10 year anniversary. And that was right about that time when those things were bubbling up that I was telling you about that would move toward me becoming a professional storyteller came about. Right. And mm-hmm. so they said, we'd like to invite you to come back and do a, a residency around storytelling for reflection mm-hmm. and resilience. 
and that was that was one of those parts of my my origin story uh, that sort of like encouraged me to to make this big leap. So we we cultivated that residency, um, and I went back to Virginia Tech several times, and we did another big show that was at this historic downtown theater. Um, in, it was incredible because we were able to cultivate a show that was in the community rather than on campus because I think a lot of activity was focused on campus and folks tend to think that when a university is located in a town that it happens to the whole community and not just to the students and, and the faculty. Which is Blacksburg. Um, Blacksburg exactly, Virginia. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we had, uh, we did have like, one of the students who'd had to jump out of window to stay alive and one of the young women who had lost her mom that day. But we also had a person who'd moved to Blacksburg in the six months after the shooting happened and talked about what it was like to become a new community member in the wake mm. of that event. Right. And we had a young man who'd grown up queer in that community and talked about what it was like, you know, to be in that circumstance um, and to feel that alienation. Um, so we had uh, a real wide range of experience and um, it was so amazing for me because then I, I came back and uh, somebody was tell asking me like what I had done uh, at Virginia Tech and out of the blue, she just, and I'd known this, this woman for years, started telling me about how she had been pistol whipped in her front yard in Atlanta. Oh, and I had never thought about my my responsibility for helping stories about everyday trauma and violence come to life in my own community. Hmm. And so um, I went out and I got a grant and that led to my first major story muse production independent of the Virginia Tech stuff. Um, and so that show was called Trigger Warning. And it was, it was just about uh, nine storytellers telling their, their own stories about everyday grief and trauma. And um, everything, you know, it's just, an amazing yeah. journey of one thing leading to another with this work. So, so tell me then, you know, so obviously the reason for it is that people have a voice, but uh, tell me a little bit about the reaction and even the, the project that you're involved with that you spoke to us about and that we're kind of getting involved with mm -hmm. it. Um, you know, the idea is to do this for a reaction in the sense that we're trying to elevate a platform so the community, so individuals in power, so, um, you know, those that are disenfranchised, it, it's a voice around this project in elevating those needs and those voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to think of it as my job is to hold a microphone up to a, a voice that already exists, mm. um, you know, and and to, you know, everybody has a story. And sometimes it's about like helping their story, you know, have a bigger platform. Um, and sometimes I think we tend to talk about stories as being marginalized, but really it's like, we're, well, they're only marginalized because we think of ourselves as the sense of the center, <laughs> but right. maybe we just need to like move our sense of what the center is. So right. uh, this storytelling project, the Georgia Council on Developmental Disabilities launched in 2018. Uh, and the first iteration of it was a writing and photography project. And I was very fortunate to be a part of that first iteration. Um, and so I got to travel the state with photographers and collect um, between 75 and 100 stories of, hmm. of people all over the state. And the, the so purpose how was that, of that. How was that done? I mean, how did you, how did you find 75 to 100 people to um, speak with? 
so we have this wonderful admin team, Resurgence Impact Consulting, and they do like just gorgeous, gorgeous, like grant writing and admin work for nonprofits all over. And they won the grant and then hired me as their subcontractor. Yeah. And they, um, they had like amazing, like super solid spreadsheets and an outreach plan. And they were talking to, and GCDD sort of provided some support as well in that way. Um, I had a few contacts in different parts of the state and we just sort of went at it and it was, they wanted one or two stories from every single legislative district. And the mm. reason for that was because they wanted to be able to go back to have their lobbyists be able to walk right into every legislator's office and say, this is your, this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, please make better decisions on this person's behalf because right. this is what a Medicaid waiver does, or mm -hmm. this is what happens when a person does not have a Medicaid waiver. Right. Um, and so we did that for a whole year and they came back to me at the end of the year and said, we would like to do another version of the writing project. And after I had done that for a whole year, I was seeing all of these trends that I was tracking across all these stories. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'm happy to keep writing for you, but I really see a podcast in these stories. Um, I, I see these things that are going across the stories that I feel like would be really effective if we could show them as, you know, more parts of a whole, like the, the school to couch pipeline is really important story to tell together. Um, employment it, first. Exp yeah. Explain that school to couch pipeline. So there's this, you know, unfortunate trend that happens where if a, a person's family has not thought proactively about what happens after they graduate from high school, right. if they don't have their Medicaid waiver lined up, if they, you know, don't have whatever in place, then they, there's the potential that they could possibly just go home and sit. Hmm. And, and they you get saw really this lost. over and over and over again. Hmm. I, I saw that either it it was happening, it could happen, or people were super afraid of it happening and they didn't know how to stop it from happening. Right. So in the same way that people talk about the school to prison pipeline and, you know, for other folks, the school to couch pipeline is just this thing. It's out there. We need to talk about it. Um, then there's the um, employment first and how the Medicaid waiver is supported, supporting job coaches and like, helping people think more creatively about what their work could look, could look like. Um, there's uh, also amazing independent living uh, opportunities that people have now. Hmm. Um, and, and that's, I mean, for our population, that's so mm -hmm. exciting because I know. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you know, we have, I have a child in high school and, you mm -hmm. know, we have kids that are at that point of transition or kind of we're thinking about that transition and, um, you know, it kind of worries you because, you know, it worries me that my, my twins are out on their own, but the thought of my daughter mm -hmm. being out on her own or, you mm -hmm. know, our kids being independent, you know, there's hesitancy there. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, the idea of telling the story and saying, look, look what they did, you know, yeah. that is I so mean, important. And there's really, I'm going to go ahead and drop this into the chat because there's lots of folks, um, that we talk about who have like pooled their Medicaid waivers and like made their own group home together with people they went to high school with, or, wow. um, you know, just lots of really interesting models for that. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, I had actually done a radio show for WREK here in Atlanta, the Georgia Tech station. And okay. so between my experience with having worked with the storytelling project and my radio experience, I was able to say, let's make a podcast together. And they bought it. Wow. Um, so we did both the writing project and the, the uh, podcast the second year. And then I, I took a year off um, with uh, the storytelling project. And during that year, I, I made uh, a show with people who were in house, young adults, um, in the heart of the pandemic when it was, you know, everything was crazy. We didn't know how to work, but I, I still managed to pull this thing off. Uh, but yeah. the GCDD was still following me. And so they, they called me up after that show was over and they were like, that looked amazing. Like, can we do that yeah. too? <laughs> well, kind of explain that. So they're, yeah. they're young adults that run house. Is that what it is? Yeah. So uh, this amazing nonprofit here in Atlanta, it's actually five minutes from my house. They, uh, they work in a, a lot of different capacities. They do adoption services. They do mental health services in the schools and they have uh, both a transitional housing service for people who've been in foster care and then age out of foster care, but they're not mm. ready to, to fly on their own. Um, and then they have a drop-in center for uh, youth and young adults who are unhoused. Um, and I, I had gotten a grant to work with them in the before time <laughs> wow. uh, yeah. with, uh, with an arts and social justice network organization that I'm, I'm a part of. And that, program was supposed to happen in the very traditional way that I had been working before, you know, over the course of seven weeks inside with a culminating show in a theater. Um, and then the pen, yeah, <laughs> we were like, what are we going to do? Now? So right. uh, the uh, Roots was very flexible about it. Chris 180 was very flexible about it. But in talking with them, they were like, certainly we could do any of the number of things that that roots has said you can wait until 2021 you can pivot to an online platform but the further i talked to them about it you know making that program online was not going to be an equitable experience for that population it's just not the same thing right. and there's this heart space with storytelling that didn't feel like it was going to translate and they were not able to be served like helping them make job applications, even just like taking them to Six Flags, like everything was shut down. And right. I was like, so let's just make it happen. Let's let's make this program happen. And so we went out and did a bunch more fundraising and resource gathering. And um, so we got a bunch of tents and uh, we we that's where, where the idea of doing it as a, a drive-in pop-up came about. Yeah. And um, so we did the whole thing in one week, actually, wow. <laughs> uh, outside, you know, so everything was socially distanced. And um, and so that's when after that show was over and GCDD was watching, uh, they said, can we do a version of that uh, with our population? Because they were stymied for, for how to serve people with IDD in yeah. the pandemic, uh, especially because many folks are, are considered medically fragile. And so they really wanted to make sure that they were uh, able to do that. And so not knowing where we would be in the pandemic at this time, because we started on this project late last year, we proposed the whole project would happen under social distancing measures from the filming through the performances. Um, and and, and we, thank goodness we're starting to see us get out of that. Now, I know. Which, yeah. It's it gives so us a lot great. more freedom. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But at one time it was supposed to be all drive-ins. And one thing that's been nice is that gradually all six cities have transitioned to picnic style. So right. at least we, while we're still outside, we can be a little bit more together. In distance, yeah. 
but but still distance and that is really important because i gotta tell you john i think a lot of people are still trying to feel this thing out mm -hmm. I <laughs> you agree. know uh, I, yeah. I think, uh, so when we were in Dahlonega just last week for our site visit, they were having this amazing paint to the music event with mm. people who are neuro, neurodivergent. And uh, some of those folks, it was the very first time they had been out. Wow. And so I think we do really still have to respect that having a community event uh, with with different people who, you know, might be on the spectrum or just like have different medical needs we have to make sure that we are um, maintaining our distance as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good. So that, that gets us to kind of where we met. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I know that you first contacted me last fall and I did a little, um, I previewed the 6,000 waiting, yes. uh, which was an awesome film and, you know, really told the story about how this benefited people that had uh, different abilities and, and how it's such a, you know, uh, a, a tragedy that there's so many people out there that yeah. can't get this funding. Um, yeah. And yeah. then you, you contacted me in the spring and then we talked about this event. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so give a yeah. little background on, on, on the whole, what it's going to look like for the month of, cause you know, we have people yeah. that listen to this in Atlanta and mm -hmm. you know, other parts of Georgia as well. Yeah. Yeah. So give a little background on it. Great. So, and so I do want to be clear, 6,000 Waiting is a different documentary film that GCDD made last year. And right. it is very powerful. And I highly recommend it. You can have, you can propose to have independent screenings in your community. You can't have public screenings yet because they're entering it into film festivals. And in fact, wow. it just got selected uh, for uh, an amazing, huge film festival in Colorado. Mm. Um, and, might have even won a prize actually i can't remember i've got to check my details on that but yeah. um we're really proud of that film uh and and so when i was contacting you we were wanting different people with relationships to the disability field to pre-screen it and offer feedback before uh its final edits yeah and so that and, and so it did have a few tweaks by the way john after mm. uh parents and and different uh you know folks with uh disabilities watched it um, so it's now out there and we love that film. It's so exciting. Yeah. Treasure Maps, however, is this exciting new uh, venture where we've gone out across the state and we've helped 10 different storytellers uh, with different uh, abilities and who live all over the state um, in different races and, uh, you know, lots of different, you know, kinds of storytellers mm -hmm. tell short stories. So they're each like a, a short film. And the thing that's really fun about the the way that this has turned out is that the stories, the, like the filmmaking style is kind of responsive to the the story itself and the storyteller. Right. So um, because my sort of like stock and trade is helping people like stand up on a stage and tell their story kind of like the moth on NPR. You're right. But, not everybody, uh, especially uh, folks who have different abilities in terms of intellectual disability, can can tell a story like that. And so right. we found that we had to get kind of creative um, in in helping people tell their stories. So there's one guy uh, who has Down syndrome who is Indian and loves to cook, and so his story is an Indian cooking show. Wow. Where where I'm like the guest on his his show. Yeah. And and he's like really into Guy Fieri and like those kinds of like um, 
what's that HGTV kind of shows? Yeah, Food um, Network. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So his his sh story is going to be just like that. And then there's one young woman who she has an Etsy store and she sells earrings. And so her story is going to be just like watching a QVC commercial for like how to make her Etsy, you know, earrings. Yeah. Um, and then, well, mm -hmm. and, and give us, give us, so um, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, there will be a special guest that many of the people on this that are watching this know about. So yeah, you can reveal so, that now. Right. Michael Holton uh, there in Savannah, local star. Uh, yeah. both, uh, he's in the show. And uh, so his is kind of going to be like watching CBS Sunday morning, like a very heartwarming reunion story uh, with him mm. and his friend, Katie. Mm -hmm. Um, so I they go, Katie. they're going back to their elementary school where they first met. Uh, they're going to be interviewing each other and they're kind of doing it like, this is your lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's a really fun story. They're actually on the playground, but they're right outside the doors of the uh, kindergarten room where they met. Uh, and they, they're just going to tell really awesome stories about each other. It's like a great story of full inclusion really mm. about how living a full inclusion life uh, is so transformative. And of course, Michael tells a story about becoming the homecoming king. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really fun. And I think is, isn't Michael also y'all's. Um, He's a vice president. No, I was, isn't he also the show marshal? For, no, you have a different. No, yeah, there's somebody else. Okay, Amelda's, okay, awesome. Yeah, going to be our Amelda, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, one of the features of uh, each show is that we have a person with a different ability and a local celebrity who are mm -hmm. helping me to co-host the show. So there'll be live interactive moments, not just the film on the screen. Yeah. So we're really excited about so, that. So who should be, I mean, you know, just the thought of these stories, it's exciting to, you know, mm -hmm. like right. I want to preview it already, but mm -hmm. you know, we got to wait till the night, but um, so who can come to this and, uh, who should be there to see this? Oh my gosh, anybody and everybody. I mean, I don't know much all, but I think a lot of folks are are sort of still, I think of it as kind of like that moment in the Wizard of Oz after the storm when folks are just like, right. you know, so I think that this oh could be oh the first time that a lot of folks, anybody and everybody are coming out to enjoy being together with the community, yeah. you know? And so we're really trying to make this like a celebratory I am making a killer playlist. Um, there's going to be food trucks in most locations. Um, some locations are actually having bands and art vendors. So, you know, this is not something that is just of the disability community. It is for everybody to yeah. come out and enjoy outdoor theater. And if somebody wants to come, how much does it cost for them? I mean, they, they can get tickets, right? It's they a, need tickets, it and the cost them? is absolutely zero dollars. Which is it the is best? It is going to be absolutely the best. Now, the food trucks. If you want to get some some chow, right. you know, you got to support your local food community. Yeah. But at well, the we'll be, show at itself, site, we're giving away some food. So, oh, um, nice. Yeah, so, I don't know if it'll be, uh, you know. Uh, a full six course meal, but uh, <laughs> we're going to offer some food for, for people as well. Wow. Well, there you go. And that made it worth, I mean, I think everybody in the station just drive to Savannah to see this show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so if people want to get, so talk about that. If, if they want to come to this event, um, how, how would they do that? 
So there is an Eventbrite ticket, um, and then it's all it's free, and we're going to drop that link right in here to the chat for you. Okay. Uh, I think you have a, a a partner in rhyme on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm Brian, always by my side, working the chat room. So uh, you ride or die. Put that in there. Yeah. I love it. I wish I had a ride or die. Uh, so I think that you know. Um, Certainly we can take some walk-up registrations, but it would be super helpful if folks do let us know that beforehand that they're coming. And we're really excited to to be coming to the venue that we that we have for Savannah. So this is the old Roberts Dairy Farm, which is kind of an up and coming event a venue. Yeah, it's a, a former yeah, yeah, huge, beautiful. Uh yeah. apparently they had a um a derby party the other night and um, they they have the Pegasus Writing Academy, which we're excited to be able to talk about that and how important yeah. that is in the in the lives of people with disabilities. Many of um, our members uh, do therapy writing there yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So the Pegasus Writing Academy shares space with the the dairy farm. And uh, we're going to be in in the corral. So, uh, and one of the fun things about this project is how the different places have such different venues. So mm. Um, in uh, Macon, we're going to be at the Opera House in their parking lot. And wow. in Athens, we're going to be at a brewery because it's Athens. <laughs> it's Athens, <laughs> uh, right? Exactly. Yeah. And in Dahlonega, we're going to be in this beautiful park that's just right downtown. So, yeah, every wow. place is going to be super different. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, I mean, it's going to be an awesome event. Mm -hmm. And what a great way for the community um, you know, and especially I think that if there are people that you know, you know, people in the audience, they know that that could be influenced or, or they make decisions, um, you know, it's good for them to be to come to this event as well. Because, again, the secret sauce is you hear people telling their stories yeah. and they're, you know, the idea of this is that through their stories, we're elevating that platform and we're saying, you know, the state can help out these individuals with comp waivers and um, giving them freedom, flexibility, independence, mm -hmm. yeah. which are, you know, it's so important for people in our community um, post high school, post education. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's not the only reason to do this. But I, I always think that, you know, if you know somebody and, you know, he could be, you know, a local official or somebody that has influence or, you know, somebody in the community that um, would love to hear this. Um, it would be great to have them come out and see this and observe this and have a good time. And, um, you know, it's going to be a great event. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who, I, and like I said, this, my whole labor of love is about helping people hear each other across lines of difference. But this is one of the best things that we can be investing our tax dollars in. And even if you believe that people should be like living independently and, and not having to rely on other people, like a little bit of dollars and a Medicaid waiver goes a really long way in helping people not to have to rely on anybody else. It transforms so, neighborhoods. It transforms yes. communities. It, you know, it just is, um, you know, it's a win-win situation everywhere. Yes, yes. So, you know what, I, I think, I don't even think that we even talked about um, when this is. So I have a little oh, thing yeah. that I'll put up. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's officially the Treasure Maps, the Georgia Storytelling Roadshow. Mm -hmm. And this is the Savannah Show. So um, I didn't put up the rest of the uh, times and locations for everywhere else, but this is for Savannah. So it's Friday, June 25th. Gates open at 730 
uh, show starts at nine o'clock. And again, it's old Robert's dairy farm. And what we'll do is we'll put a, a link in the chat. So, um, you know, whatever people are interested, they can go to that link, go to get the tickets as well. That There'll be a map there to get to the location as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, we'll have, we'll continue to like, as, as folks register on the Eventbrite and, and especially on the Facebook event, post announcements as we have things come into place, like we're, we'll probably do like special shout outs to folks like Amelda and that uh, local celebrity when that person signs on, we yeah. will be excited <laughs> to drop that news. Exactly. Um, and so yes, we'll, we'll post special things about like, make sure you know how you're getting there and Oh, we're not sure about the weather. We got to all do the no rain dance for the next exactly. month. Exactly. <laughs> well, if it's like this, if it's like the weather out now, it's hot and dry. So right, right. Which at night it cools down, so it won't be so bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I think we'll have so, lots of shade there. Mm -hmm. So it has to be after dark, right? So it does for quality screen time, and I know that's why some people are like, "Oh, why are we starting at nine? But yeah. Uh, we have this wonderful production company and that is their job in life is they go all over supporting these pop-up uh, movie theaters. Uh, people hire them to come into their backyards to do graduation parties and all kinds of things. And they really say that at this time in the summer, you cannot start before 9 p.m. if you really want to be able to see that screen well. So that's right. why so we're doing summer. it. So yeah. what can people bring? So they should bring like um, chairs, blankets, mm -hmm. wagons. Yep. Yeah, um, you know, wagons pets. a great idea. <laughs> oh, pets. Yeah, I didn't you know, think that's about that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. I think we should ask about that. Now, yeah, Atlanta, you can't have an event anywhere if people can't bring their dogs. It right. is a dog town. So we will check Savannah's it out. Savannah's that way too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that maybe we might think about that logistically, <laughs> how they'll mm -hmm. do that. But, you know, so, so it's really an outdoor festival event. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a really a great basis by these stories that people are going to be able to see yes. and um, be influenced, be, um, you know, their emotions brought forth. And, you know, uh, it's a great way to elevate these people's platforms. So you see who they are mm -hmm. and um, we give value to who they are, yeah. um, which is so important. So. Yeah. We're very excited and, um, you know, thank you for what you've done for this and, thank um, you. yeah, what's gonna, you know, what this will bring by, bring out of, uh, this event, um, is very exciting. So we are happy to help out in the small way that we can. But, oh, um, well, we couldn't have exciting. done it without you guys. Like low country down syndrome society is holding it down. Like we are so <laughs> well, excited to come to Savannah and have this party together with you. It is like, it's such a joy to have such an amazing job and especially to connect with great folks like y'all. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've, I found that, um, you know, when you get mom and dads that are transformed by their child mm. and, um, you know, it, it changes all aspects of your life and your kid's life and siblings and parents and everybody. And they become the, the most fierce advocates. Right. Um, for their kids and for others, you know, yeah. it, it changes their heart on how they see others. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's uh, really special and yeah. uh, exciting to see. And I know that that's what you try to do. So. Absolutely. Really I mean, you, you just, you're never the same after you start telling these kind of stories. Actually, you know what? I just saw uh, in uh, the, my rear view mirror here, 
that is uh, Julian. He is uh, one of our storytelling project uh, participants and also awesome. uh, a buddy of mine through Alternate Roots. He's a yeah. young man in the Atlanta area who has autism and he does amazing artwork. Um, so, it, you know, it, like you just never see the world the same after you start uh, talking about ableism and the Medicaid waiver, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so good. Well, thank you so much, Miss Shannon. Yeah. I appreciate your time. And it was good talking to you. Good to hear your story. And uh, we just look forward. You know, it's it's really literally about a month away. So um, I know. Today, yeah. actually. Yeah. 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 yeah today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So it'll be a Friday night instead of a Tuesday night. But still, mm -hmm. it'll be a Friday night. It'll be um, wonderful weather. It's We can all gather and celebrate um, and, you know, champion those that need to be championed. So it's exciting. Yeah. Well, y'all yeah. take care. Let us know if you have any questions. Can't wait to see you in a month. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. Have a good night. Bye.